you're about to go off the grid with Tony on the Dr. Brace's Network. Stay tuned. Yo, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Tony, with the Off The Grid Podcast on the Dr. Brazen Network. I'm back in here with y'all for another show, bringing y'all some entertainment as only I can do. Now, if you're listening to this show and you want to listen more, this is your first time coming through, then, of course, you can check us out on most podcast readers. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. If you want to share this show, then definitely go to drbrazen.com, shoot the show out to people, Pull it up in whatever podcast reader. Send that link out wherever you want to do that. Let people know about the show. That's the that's the least you can do if you're listening to this show and you're enjoying it. You, I mean, even here's some fuck shit. You can still share it, but like, listen to this nigga talk about something stupid. Because I do that from time to time. Um, you want to leave feedback? You can go to offthegrid at drbracer.com. You want to leave a voicemail, we have 601-884-0125 is the voicemail line. And if you want to put your money where your mouth is, you can definitely do so by going to patreon.com slash drabrasive and signing up for as little as a dollar a month. Now, we have three other levels, uh, well, four other levels, but three that I'm really going to talk about. $3 or more, we'll shout you out with Teddy Funk, MJ, and my brother Trail. Seven dollars or more, you get that plus you'll have access to the um certain um Patreon protected pages on the site. So if we do a show, um if you know we put up certain uh lists, videos, so on and so forth, you get that on there. And then if you do ten dollars or more, you get all of that before plus You'll be put on the list to receive shout outs and, and gifts and little trinkets and all that other stuff. So we'll get those out periodically as we come along. So those are the three levels you can do. But if you don't want to do any of that, then you just do a dollar. You know, you do that. We won't be mad. You know, we take a dollar just like anything else. So it just it just helps to show out. Um and on this show, I'm back, but before I get into it, I just want to give the little special shout out because we didn't do the Dr. Brace show this week. Get a special shout out to the Thirsty Thirsty uh, ladies for this week. We got Jay Leno. We got Christine or um, Golden Tiffy, Tiffany. We have Aubrey Renee, Six Pack Sydney, Miss Harper, Mimi Shells, Amio, uh, Victoria Cakes. We have Gabrielle Hudson, and we have Sakimo. So those are the ladies of Thursday Thursday that we didn't get to shout out early in the week. And um, now we're going to get to this thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of a talk about some some stuff that I've been watching on the old TV and in the movies. Uh, it's been a, a long week for me, so I miss a lot of stuff. So the fact that I got something to do now, I mean, I got something to talk about now is amazing because, I, oh man, I've been slacking. But Taylor Brayton. And then be back. Cassie's family wasn't perfect. But Cassie was. You're an angel. She'd made a couple of mistakes. There were things you couldn't come back from. So how the suburbs came here so I wouldn't have to think about it. I don't know how you got out of this situation. I just hope it didn't teach you the wrong lesson. I need your help. Never say a single word. Life is always this way. One endless, suffocating loop. You know this isn't gonna end well. 
All right, everybody, I'm back in this thing. So we're going to get to talking about some stuff that's going on. Um, I usually do a little recap at the, as I wrap up a season of a show, but I didn't this time. Um, well, one of the shows I did wrap up was uh, Arrow, and then I did wrap up uh, Lethal Weapon. But I did a little, little write-up on Lethal Weapon on the page, so you can go check that out. Because uh, they, ended their, they ended the series this year amid all the crazy stuff that happened in the last year and some change so i did something on that so you go check that out um arrow didn't have much to lead on it this is gonna be the this coming season this is the last season of arrow so i didn't speak too much of that i take took the last episode to kind of like lead into this next season um they kind of tied it up a little quicker than they normally do so this era this last episode had a much ado um, real quick in the last episode of the season than they actually did. Um, but let's get to let's get to some 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 good stuff. So in the movie theaters, I um I went to go check out uh, Child's Play, which this updated version of the the movie from the eight from the nineties eighties nineties. When this kid, you know, I don't remember when the first one came out. Um, I could probably look it up real quick, but you know, everybody remember the first child's play 88 was the first one, so there you go. Um, but this one took a different turn, and there's no possession of a doll in this one. This is basically updated for some of the things that we had to deal with in our day to day being um, technology and shit. What else was that, Carolyn? Grandpa, things do. Oh well, but um, we have a young mother and and a a really young mother. Well, she said she was sixteen. She had a kid, so he's thirteen now. So there you go, do the math. Uh, really young mother. Um, I hear in these streets trying to, you know, live her best life, but you know, not neglect her child who, for what it's worth, is a loner. Crazy thing about it is this whole movie started off with he needed to make friends and he ended up making friends by the end of the movie but it took basically Chucky killing folks <laughs> for him to finally make some friends but he did make friends by the end of the movie which is crazy because he didn't need the fucking doll to make friends well he did need the doll to make friends but the reason why he made his friends is because the doll was doing some fucked up shit and the kids thought it was interesting which is a whole different discussion in and of itself um so, like I said, he lived in the apartment complex. He was befriended by this cop. Um, who was, was Brian Henry? Is his name? Brian something Henry. That's the middle name in there. Brian Tyree Henry. There you go. But he befriended by the cop. You know, you know him from Atlanta. Paperboy. Being all weird and shit. So, you know. Again, living. Oh. Before I talk about him not him being befriended by the cop and all this other stuff, there's a scene in there where it's dark outside and she tells him to go outside to play with some kids to stand on the corner. And I was just like, hey man, um, maybe I'm just from the country, but ain't going outside in the dark and playing with no kids. Like, any kids hanging out that late at night. I don't even know how late it was, but it was dark outside. It could have been 7.30. I don't know, but it was dark outside. Hey, I'm not sending my kid outside at, 
it pitch black dark to go play with no kids, talking about you need to make some friends. Nah, son, you gotta do that when it's broad daylight outside, all right? I don't give a damn if he is 13. Even more so than he's 13. Maybe if he was 17, 18, he was out late at night, probably, but this is a teenager, a middle schooler, lady, please. What, what kind of parenting skills you have? But then again, we did get to feeling, learn a little bit about her parenting skills. Like, not saying it was bad, bad parenting, but about a 13-year-old kid, an interactive doll for his birthday. I mean, mom of the year, baby. Mom of the year. Um, just, and the way she gets the doll is pretty funny, too. Um, I didn't realize that Mark Hamill play, doing the voice of Chucky. That's pretty good. So the whole thing is the doll has fucking um, abandonment issues. Um, kind of like your your favorite pet on steroids, you know. <laughs> so anytime there's an opportunity that somebody's gonna that the boy's gonna abandon the doll, the doll's gonna flip the fuck out. So that decides Chuck on his little rampage of what he was gonna do. Um, again, the whole movie, even though it's rated R, is pretty. A adult comedy type movie because I was in that motherfucking theater rolling my ass off at some of the shit that happened in this movie because it was just like one stupid ass mistake after one like really questionable action after one really like I don't even know what just happened here moment on the screen so I mean, there's a there's a head on a watermelon. There's there's a a a, a badly tied saw joke. There's a a fear of self driving cars played on in this thing. There's shit. There's a shot at the the Google takeover of the world <laughs> type situation. It's just a whole lot of stuff that they just played into this movie. That they just threw it in there. You just see them just passing shots here and the other. And again, like I said, it's updated for the, the time period that we live in. Because again, the way this plot is set up, you couldn't do it in 1988. Because nobody would have caught it. Nobody would have caught any any of the way they did it. So you were the possession route that they did then. Makes sense. You know, you put a deranged killer um psyche in a in a dog and let him run loose but now this, this they said this up pretty good they said this up pretty good uh it's i would say a decent movie if you have the little the you know discounted tuesday movies and used to sitting around know how shit to do good thing to go check out um it's a it's definitely definitely um a a first week in red box pickup you know for those of you who do the red box thing and um if you have those streaming services like with your cable and and your internet i mean your cable and your 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 satellite company that you can get movies early definitely get it in i'm not definitely saying you should go out and buy it but if you pick it up for a weekend or you just had a long boring day and you see it available you gotta go get it um and if you haven't seen little it is in red box you should go check that out i'm just telling you it's worth your time. It's a it's a pretty good laugher there. That's one you should probably you know that's one you should go pick up. I ain't gonna tell somebody that you go buy DVDs because I understand the whole stigma with buying DVDs now these days. Um, 
It's Monday night. We picked up with chapter 24 in Legion. Uh, I already, well, I haven't talked about it because I haven't done a show in a while. But David's power is mad wicked. Now, before leading into all this, the, the fucking Shadow King was under the whole impression that, you know, he got David under control, you know, he, this and the other. But the way David handled them fucking time demons and the way the Shadow King handled those time demons lets me know that the Shadow King is not ready for David. And David has been doing some fucked up shit. This nigga got a whole cult of people that just want to be mentally fucked by him. And they just are junkies on that. They just come into his house. This, so, we pick up in chapter 24 with the the time traveler. She's been taken. Um, what is the time traveler's name? That's where I know that girl from. How did I pick it up? Fucking the, excuse me, y'all. Sorry, I had to go here. But the guy, the mom in Child's Play, is one of the one of the David's damn alter egos, <laughs> Lenny, in the fucking show. And I, that's I, I knew I picked that face up somewhere. Um, damn, that's crazy. Cause I'm sitting looking at like I thought I was on the same. I think I'm on the same page. I'm looking at and I see this name pop up again. And then I realize that now this is that's why I know her from. I'm trying to figure it out. What is the time traveler's name? Oh, I can't remember her name. But she is she's been taken back to the airship with, you know, everybody that's trying to catch with Shadow King and everybody else that's trying to catch David. And David finds out, you know, he's about to assault the ship and he's going on there taking his crew on there. He and his, his ladies. He gets tricked by Sid who um, is a body switcher. So she touched you, her her mind, her mind and, your, and the person she touched, they mind swap. So she tricked David and she swaps mind with him. But what she did not know is that David has come into his power so much that Legion is also occupying his mind. So she only swaps David out and runs up in that junk. And while her mind is running around through his, fucking Legion comes out of nowhere. I mean, these motherfuckers are everywhere. <laughs> So they push her back into her head and David jumps back in and this nigga starts, I mean, he'd already started murking people. I think he sent, what, he sent, um, what's his name? See, I'm terrible with these names. I said watch the show and fucking lose track of these characters because I want to say it was the, uh, the male carry, but it wasn't him. It was, uh, shit. But he sent the motherfucker into space, froze his ass, dusted his ass. And um, he killed a bunch of people on his way to go refri- uh, free the, the time travel. And then he sent down Farouk into the dimension between time and froze his ass in there. Not Farouk. Well, Farouk is what they call him, but the Shadow King. But he sent him in there and got his ass stuck. So, you know, now he's got the time travel and he's making him deal to go back in time to fix one thing and he's, he's dead set on if he fixes one thing then everybody he kills is going to come back to life and they're going to live a better life and he's really trying to undo the one thing that makes him is making him evil making him the evil character right now is the fact that he raped Sydney, and that's the la- that's what happened in the last season he raped her um after they defeated well i don't even know if they defeated Farouk, but they made it back from that desert 
and he raped her in that room because he basically um, used his powers to, I don't know, take her out. He didn't drug her. He used his powers to basically make her incoherent, and then he took advantage of her. So, and then she woke up and remembered it. Then again, David is a fucking evil, evil villain in this motherfucker. And now he's going back and trying to go back in time and fix it. But the thing about it is, even though he go back and fix it, he still did all the shit that he did. So, I don't know how he's supposed to, how he's supposed to work that out. I'll come back to August 11th? I'm sorry. Last episode of Fear the Walking Dead. I guess they're hitting the mid-season finale because they said don't come back to August 11th. So they got almost two, three weeks off. Um, they finally got the plane put back together, which was crazy. Because if you remember the beginning of that season, when they crashed that plane, they fucked that plane up. So they did a lot of time has either pa- a lot of time had to pass, man, for them to fix that plane back up. Cause they she knocked the wings off that bitch. They lost the propellers on that motherfucker, the engine, all that shit. But they don't put the plane back together, and um, they starting to get ready to to make out of that thing. They got they convinced the kids to come back. Um, Alicia killed all them. Well, killed those zombies. That were trying to attack the kids and they realized she got one of those um, radiated zombies' blood on her. So you know she's preparing to to kick the old bucket. But Grace gave her the wash down and you know gave her some encouraging words that you know she should be all right. Um, her and Morgan they all get together. Morgan Grace and they all trying to lead the zombies away because the chemical plant is melt had melted down. So it was about to explode, which fucking crazy because now you're about to have a whole area of the world that can't even be inhabited because of that shit but either way either way nobody will know I'm just gonna wander up in that bitch and wonder why they died oh fuck it's crazy man um they get the kids loaded up the kids on the plane and they finally get ready to go and Dory and Dwight aren't back yet and you know Dory kind of convinces Dwight that, you know, he should give up his search because old girl had left in that letter, said she was gone. So they all jump in that van and head back towards that plane. And it was crazy because the whole scene with the plane trying to take off, the zombies got that quick at it, motherfucker. <laughs> Which is wild. Uh, and rather than just, like, cutting them off, like, running the, the van across the road and cutting them off and then jumping out, they kind of like parked in front of them to the side and they just ran to the plane. They get in and I was just sitting there wondering like, why they're trying to, cause they had to drop the net to get the, you know, to get so the plane could take off. I was wondering like, why didn't they just go ahead and shoot the zombies once they were on the plane and then drop the net rather than trying to fight and kick them off with their feet and shit. Because every time they reach down there, the zombies will bite at them. And then they finally decide, I think, what, the Morgan decided to finally hit one with the stick and Dory shot one in the head and they was able to drop that net so the plane could take off. And then they, you know, went through all the lists. You get them in the air. Daniel come through with the Christmas lights to light the road up so they can land the plane. So they, they put the Christmas lights up. They left Wendell. <laughs> 
Oh Lord, they left Wendell on the duty of gassing the generator and you know making sure that the lights stay lit. And lo and behold, a zombie comes out of nowhere while he's out there running that generator. That lot of generator is supposed to attract more than just one zombie. Um, he comes around and Wendell has this little thing in his chair. I don't know who put this motherfucker on there, but the zombie shoots out fucking blades in the back of his chair to keep zombies off his back. Innovative as a motherfucker. But in doing so, he got stuck, and another zombie came, and the motherfucker tripped wire and turned the goddamn uh, lights off. Now, when fucking Winter jumped out of that chair and started crawling across that goddamn road, man, I just knew that that plane was about to crush his ass because either he got the lights on early enough, they wouldn't have the plane high enough, or he wouldn't get it on at all, and they were going to crash that plane on top of him. But he got over there, man. He plugged that damn light up, and they landed that plane. And um, everybody got off and did their little celebrations, and somebody saw them. Now, who saw them? I have no fucking idea. Who decided that they were the ones to fucking call and, and ask about? I have no idea, but somebody called them and said, hey, they need some help. They saw the plane. And that's what one decided. I mean, that's what Morgan decided he was going to get ready to do until the old buddy rolled up. And we find out that why he took that water that planted the river is that he was looking for gasoline. Uh, apparently, there's a gasoline storage somewhere that, that um, his partner had knew about before he died. So that's what we that's that's what we leave off with this season. So now they about to go and try to chase on this gasoline here. Um, good luck to them. That's all I can say about that. Now, um. Some shows that you should be watching that you have been watching that you maybe you've been watching or maybe you've been waiting on me to talk about. You gotta catch Snowfall. I'm only on like the second episode, uh, maybe on the third episode of this season. But hey, man, Franklin's cold. He didn't, he pretty much coming into this whole situation and he gonna do he gonna make this money. Like before he wanted to do it, he was kind of timid in his game. I think he got I think him getting beat up and going to jail and then basically realizing that he was working for the government now. Um, kind of made him, you know, loosen up. Now, I don't think he's, he feels like he's untouchable, but I do know he feels like, uh, he got some, you know, he got, um, he got to do his work. And old buddy, I can't, what they call that cat, but, uh, the, the kid from his hometown, I mean, this from high school, man, that came through trying to, um, sell the product to all his boys got straight murk. So, again, if you ain't watching this, first season, niggas gonna get murked real quick out of the gate. I think three people get fucked up. I think four people get killed in the first episode. Like, we cleaning shit up now. So, here come the murdering and the drug game. Um, Cause you gotta take out the competition and all the threats. And, and we get to that shits. We get, we get to the shits in this season. Um... So definitely you should be checking it out. Agents of Shield, I'm watching that now from last night. You, if you're into the Marvel joint, Marvel Universe, <clears throat> good. It's a great story. You already know. You, you, you keep up with it. You, you've seen Isaiah and what she could do to people, and how she been fucking people up left and right. Like she took Davis out. She now she took some some nameless agent out the other night. So, hey. If you're into the Marvel and the comic book world, definitely go get on that thing on Agents of Shield. 
And that's pretty much all the shows that I've been watching that I can probably talk about right now. I did the, before this, you got the preview for Euphoria, but I'm not far enough into Euphoria. I think episode seven is tomorrow, and I'm only on episode two, on episode three, so I'm a bit behind on that job. But it's a pretty good show, man. If you got HBO, go check that out. Um, Zendaya isn't that thing. She pretty much the narrator for the entire show, um, but it's several characters that you can keep up with that are very compelling and very, very um, trouble. Very trouble. So, you know, go check those shows out. Get to those. Um, those are my suggestions for the week. Um, Quentin Tarantino got a movie in the movie theater that just dropped this weekend. I guess you can go hit that up if you want to watch, if you're into that. But if you don't want to fuck with Quentin Tarantino, um, I see people talk about The Lion King. I know my son said he saw it. He was just like, Dad, it's pretty much a copy of the original, except they changed a few things. That was his whole, that's my son's whole <laughs> breakdown of The Lion King. Um... Spider-Man Far From Home, I know I talked about that. Crawl, I saw some people say they want to see Crawl. I'm not, I haven't seen any reviews on that. That's uh, that's one junk you go check out. And um, that's pretty much all that's in the movie theaters that I know of to go check out. I mean, there's stuff coming, but whatever. What's coming next week? Let's see what they got next week. Don't want no Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I don't think they got it. Nope, they don't have the schedule off for next week yet. So, but we do have movies that'll be coming. So, be on the lookout for those. Um, and anything that you see, man, put it on the timeline. You know, you ain't got to let me know. Because here's the thing. If I see it on the timeline and I like it, I'm going to talk about it. Now, if you won't get credit for it, you can let me know. But, you know, if you want me to just go ahead and talk about it and, and you don't... Um, you don't get no credit for it, then that's fine, me too. That's fine, me too. All right, everybody. Appreciate y'all for listening. I'm about to dip out of here. Well, I'm not about to dip out of here. I'm going to take another little little break here, and then we're going to come back with the close of the show. Now it's time for Tony Reed's Urban Literature. And this comes from the book Falling for My Side Dude by Raquel Williams. I could see that he had the same kind of mind frame as other criminals when they got arrested. They're never guilty and the police are always framing them. Okay, well I guess there's no need to argue with you. I would defend you, and you would pay me by cashier's check or money order, which you can give my assistance on your way out. I got you. So, without sugarcoating shit, what are my chances of beating the case? He stabbed me dead in the eyes. He made my body shiver a little. He had these dark brown eyes that looked like he was piercing my soul. I could see that this nigga was trying to read me, so I looked down at the folder that was on my desk. Mr. Sanders, you're no stranger to the system, so you know the process. I'll be contacting the DA's office in the morning to get a copy of their report. Then I'll be able to get a better understanding of the route we need to take. You're out on bond, so you do know that you can't break the law. 
you you catch a new case while you're on this one, and more than likely your bum will be revoked. And you will have to sit in jail until your case goes to trial. I got you. He flashed a smile. Here goes my card. You can call me anytime. Anytime? You know what I mean. You can call me between business hours to discuss your case. What if I have an issue outside of business hours? Do I still call you? Have a great day, Mr. Sanders. I got up to walk to the door. He walked over to me. He took my hand and kissed me. You are the sexiest lawyer I ever seen. I've seen many. Look forward to us working together. Likewise, I said. I watched as he walked over to Dana. I closed my door and sat back at the desk. Ooh, I whispered. Mr. Sanders was definitely a character. He was a little on the short side, but he was handsome with a strong voice. Whatever he was in, he was definitely on ball status. His in-control attitude made me feel some kind of way. I had to snap out of that fast. I was a law-abiding citizen, and he was a criminal. There was no way our paths could ever cross outside business. The rest of the day was spent going over cases and I, that I was representing. I really loved my job as a defense attorney. I was known for my tenacity and no-nonsense attitude. I believed him when he said my name was ringing bells in the street because I was known for helping those boys beat their convictions. Once in a while, I might lose a case, but even then, my clients were happy with the reduced sentences that I was able to get them. My mind went to wandering back to Mr. Sanders. I'd never seen a character like him. His case was tough. It was a tough one, especially that gun charge. And I knew if he wanted to get off, I would have to put his extra work to use my skills. It was past 4 p.m. and the day was, I was ready to call a day. I tried not to take my work home, but today I made an exception. I grabbed Mr. Sanders' folders in my briefcase and I cut the lights off and walked out the office. You ready? Alright, so I'm back. Well, in the news here in Mississippi, um, this week, three students from Ole Miss, well, we're suggest- we're believing that three students from Ole Miss, but three students from Ole Miss went over to the Delta and posed for a picture in front of the the marker that, that signifies where Emmett Till's body was pulled from the river. And in doing so, they posed with shotgun, AR-15, and every all this other good stuff. They just posed for a picture and posted it on their Instagram and everything. Of course, you know this is going to take out quick because I don't know why these people posted this stuff and didn't think nobody else going to see it. But they posted it, and it got out to the media. And um, <clears throat> I think two of the kids were in the frat, and their frat suspended them um, for, you know, the offensive gesture and the university decided not to suspend them and it's crazy because you know yesterday i was going i was down on the campus 
and you know, I used to live in Oxford a while back, but you know, down on the campus, picked my son up from his camp. And while I was there, a reporter from um, one of the news station, the local news station, was going around asking people for reaction videos. And you know, y'all would see these reaction videos, people to catch, you know, to have a comment on things. And you know, at the time, I had heard about the story because Kayla had mentioned it to it, but I hadn't read everything on it. So what you just heard me say, I hadn't even got out that far. I just knew that it, something happened with the Emmettil market. And um, so, you know, of course, I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to speak on this because I don't need to be talking on something. That I don't even know what the fuck happened and give him incorrect information. But it's crazy. Well, the crazy part about it is this. Now I read this and you know, I see and think about this. And the first reaction I had, I had after I finished reading the article was, man, this is why, or this is a, this speaks to a deeper issue of why certain parts of the history of this country that is not being taught to the masses should be. And yes, I know some people say, you know, we should learn our own history, but Emmett Till and the story of his life and the civil rights movement and how the events that unfolded in money, Mississippi and, and, and in the Delta during that time period, how they shape, you know, everything is very, is very known in the minds of a lot of black people and a lot of people that are, or are very knowledgeable about the civil rights, you know, struggle in this country. I think a lot of people, even though they understand it, don't probably take into context how that intertwined into the grand scheme of things of, you know, knowing that Emmett Till was killed like months before the Montgomery bus boycotts. Um, And also to say that, you know, Emmett Till would have been like 77 years old today had he not been killed and lived a long prosperous life he's been in his 70s he wouldn't have been that's that's the other thing too so there are elderly people right now who were teenagers and kids when Emmett Till was killed so you think about some traumatic shit that happened and or any crazy shit that happened in your teenage for instance for me um around the time that Emmett Till I was the age Emmett Till was killed um around the time I was the same age that Emmett Till was when he was killed Tupac was killed and I ain't saying put Tupac on the level of Emmett Till, but Tupac is something that people of my generation, his murder, people of my generation romanticize. You know what I'm saying? So, until we are all gone, that whole level, that whole incident is going to be something that we can all talk about. 9-11 for some people, you know, being an incident that people can romanticize about and talk about where they were or what their feeling was around that time period. So you still have people who are on this earth right now who some of them are still of you know present mind to who can tell you exactly what the climate was in this country when Emmett Till was murdered. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a situation where, you know, you got somebody going down and fucking pissing on the fucking uh, 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 the Civil War fucking Confederate statue. You know what I'm saying? Because this is difference. That's the thing about it. 
people want to want to talk these 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 Confederate sympathizers want to talk about how they be desecrating or whatever. But for the most part, not for the most part, total part, nobody that lived during that time period is still here. You know, there may be some people that knew somebody who knew somebody, but you know, when I say knew somebody, knew somebody, I mean like a great grandchild or some shit. <laughs> still around, but but there's nobody here for them motherfuckers. So everything that we hear about this is all hearsay. But there are people who were here on this earth. Who there are people who live in the Delta who were living in the Delta. Why well, ain't it living? There's people who were living in the Delta when Emmett Till was kidnapped. Still alive today. And again, it speaks to the grand same thing, man. People don't understand that the magnitude of how these events um, shape who we are as a people and how we work. So, because, you know, you go to public school, private school, in their case, probably so in their case, and the curriculum is not going to teach you much about black history. It's definitely going to teach you much about goddamn civil rights movement. You talk about the events of, and this is the reason why I said that people don't understand that the time frame or the 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 chain of events that with Emmett Till dying and you know the Montgomery bus boycott is because you know in a lot of cases shit especially as time goes on I know when I was in school man we never got to the civil rights movement you know if we did I mean I know some people that probably got you know, like US history class the highest you ever got in, into that class was during the school year you know, by the time you get to May, the latest you made it into, you know, into the history is around, you know, Vietnam War. And you end up getting the Vietnam War, the Korean War, the Civil Rights Movement, um, and, you know, started the Cold War. Pretty much all of that in, like, the last little bit of the class, the last few weeks of class. And that might, if that ends up being on a test. You know, it probably ends up, you got those four time periods right there in the bunch. It's just everything post-World War II in, ended up, you know, in the last nine weeks of school. The last, what is the last nine weeks of school? Probably like the last four weeks of school. And every all that gets wrapped up. Like, I can almost vividly remember that the last thing that my world history, I mean, U.S. history class covered was the inauguration or the election of Ronald Reagan. And that, we're talking about 20 years ago. So, you're talking about kids taking U.S. history now. Ronald Reagan has to be in there. Fucking, the Olympics in Atlanta has to be in there. Um, 9-11 has to be in there. You know, all of this is going to be in the book because you're talking about the history up until, you know, you're probably going to get up to the mid-2000s with history so you're talking about going back to the civil rights movement and all those events you're talking about them talking about that within the context of a chapter it's like a subsection of a chapter so all those events get jam-packed together and i'm not sitting here saying that i know this for a fact i'm sitting here talking about this is the last of the year and we're trying to get kids out of school this is a natural inkling because history isn't a required subject in mississippi I mean, it's required, but it's not something they're tested on. Kids take it. By the time, their time they get to this late in history, in schools, kids are taking tests on science, math, and 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 uh, language arts. And those are the emphasis of these schools. And because people keep getting fired and hired 
over those three subjects, I know for a fact that they, once we get to that time of the year and these kids are taking this test, they're not giving a fuck about teaching the civil rights movement unless you have a teacher who cares about the civil rights movement. So now you're sending the kids out to college who hadn't even learned what the importance of this shit is. And then they're going to a campus like Ole Miss who has a statue of James Meredith, you know, coming, walking onto the campus, being enrolled in the students, the blacks, first black student in the state of Mississippi to attend, uh, uh, you know, the integrator of institutional high learning, which got desecrated. You know, you got all these kids coming up in there to that, to that school and you want to know why they go and do stupid shit like that. It just speaks to the grand scheme thing, like just some subsection of this country. And I'm just talking from the standpoint of black people and what's important to us. No, policy is important to us. And then if you think about it, you say, well, there's opportunities to learn everywhere about black history and civil rights movement and all this other stuff. Yeah, so then what? When you get to college, it's an elective, which means only people care about are going to take it. Guarantee you, the three kids that were posing in front of MTL sign ain't never looked at that course to say, you know what, I'm gonna take this motherfucker. But you know what? I know what? I know they couldn't do it. I know they wouldn't do it. But hey, man, listen, you come out here and you you do some stupid shit like this on my campus. You gotta take that class. You gotta pass with an A. You want to graduate? Require it's a required class now. It's not no no training. No, you got to go in this class. You're not going in this bitch and getting a C. You're not going in this bitch and just coasting through this motherfucker just to get a credit. You're gonna go in this class. You're gonna pay attention. You're gonna get an A. Or else you're getting the fuck off my campus. Because it's obvious that you're going into this world not giving a shit about nobody else. Now, that being said. People not give shit about nobody else. I know they'll never do it because again, this state of Mississippi. Cause, uh, let's talk about let's talk about the Mississippi candidates again. Tate Reeves talked about him, his fucking stupid ass commercial with the tag and God we trust. What the fuck ever. Um, glad I don't I don't have that kind of pettiness in me. I mean I do, but as far as fighting that tag. Um, yeah, man, anybody that believes in the other religions, man, you just got to fight to get an alternate version of the tag with your stands on there. And if they decide they want to have pushback on them, like, I understand that, but God isn't the only person that people are allowed to worship on this country. I know this, I know that it's a tongue-in-cheek statement, but at the same time, you can't criminally prosecute somebody for worshiping somebody else. And I want to worship somebody else, something else on my tag. Just like you worshiping your God on the tag. What are we going to do? And it's not even about being no liberal. It's not even about being some fucking demon. This is about you respecting what the fuck I believe. I respect what the fuck you believe. I don't talk shit about your belief. You don't talk shit about my belief. And we can be cool. That's it. 
But now he got a stupid ass commercial now where his wife is talking, she's narrating, she's talking about how great he is, and, and they have three kids, so they show their three kids on the TV show, and I gotta talk about their kids on the commercial, they're on the commercial, I'm gonna try to be a little better than that, but he got three kids, he got three girls, and, you know, Tate does all his things with his girls, and, and he said he has a but the caveat to the whole commercial is, she says he is fit to be governor of Mississippi, because he has negotiation skills, because he negotiates with his kids. And that part right there made me sit down and fucking want to kick my goddamn TV. I'm like, you mean to tell me you sons of bitches had the audacity to sit here and do a commercial and cap the whole commercial out to say this motherfucker's goddamn required to be, I mean, not required to be governor. He has the what it takes to be governor because he can negotiate with a fucking five-year-old? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? Really? He can negotiate with a five-year-old, so that means he can go out here and be governor and sign deals and improve the state. Fuck out of here, son. Fuck out of here. It don't get no better on the other side. His another one of his you no. Know, okay, so Tate Reeves is basically he is he's put all his energy in being the next government of Mississippi. Mind you, there's a primary coming up for in which he has two other goddamn opponents. He don't give a fuck about them. Like, he not even campaigning for a goddamn primary. He campaigning straight for the election. Um, the general election. Um but he has an opponent. One of his opponents, shit, it helped Tate Reeves out. Uh, Mr. Foster, I thought it says Robert Foster or something, but Mr. Foster, he's from here right near me in Hernando. He made the news recently because, you know, he is exercising the Billy Graham rule with, in which he doesn't um, have any women to be alone with him for long periods of time, especially like reporters and stuff. because a reporter wanted to do a feature on him and he was just like, well, it's going to be a long day. We're going to be riding along because I got a small campaign. I got a campaign manager who's not with me all the time. And if you want to be with me, Miss Lady, you need to provide a male counterpart to ride along with me because you can't be alone with me. Now, here's the thing about the whole story, that this whole story that just kills the whole vibe for me one he made a request to her and saying it's his rule so she had to provide a mail and her question was why do i have to provide the mail because i'm doing a service to you by doing this report on you why would you not even think it's you know in your best interest to do this on your own that was the first question next thing was it got me was he was saying well his whole thing because he was like, well, you know, in this whole environment of me too, you know, I don't want to be one. Like, see, here's the problem with that. Quit acting like motherfuckers don't do vile shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody's out here targeting men these days. Like, well, if you don't do nothing stupid, can't nobody target you. I mean, I'm right here. I live my life. If people can say a bunch of evil shit about me, you can really say I did anything under the sun. Prove it. If you didn't do it, then fucking what you worried about. But then he was saying the perception of him violating his vows with his wife. Number one, let me tell you something real quick. Number one, I'm going to my first my first topic about this whole thing about that. Fuck you and your vows and your fucking marriage. I don't give a shit. Just like I don't give a fuck about Tate and his kids. I don't give a fuck about you and your wife. 
I mean, I know that's just the thing you gotta say because you wanna look good. But this is the thing I don't. I, I, that kills me about politicians, especially in Mississippi in these fucking these goddamn these, these, these conservative states and everything. I don't give a fuck about your family because the thing about it is, if this was a job, and you know my family, and you know something came with my family, you would hold that against me. And I'm not, this not even just because I'm black thing. Like no, if 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 I was working. For someone, if I worked for a campaign, if I was working a regular job, whatever I was doing, and my and I put my family before my career, you would hold that against me. But then you want to use your fucking family as a springboard to get you into whatever you want to get to. No, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you and your fuck ass wife, fuck you and your fuck ass kids, fuck you and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying I don't care about people having kids and family and shit. But no, fuck that because I don't give a shit about that as when we're talking about the grand scheme of things. Or one, you've been the governor of the state. You've been the representative of this community. You're doing all that because fuck all that. That has nothing to do with you doing your job. I can't walk into a job on a job interview and say, hey, I got a kid and a wife. I'm motherfucking qualified to do the job. Really? Really? You got a kid and fucking wife. And that's the only thing, that, that's the main thing that qualifies you for this fucking job. Really? Get the fuck out of here. And see, that's the thing about it. I know it's coming off of me being really harsh by saying these things. But if you think about that at that very level, what job can you get by saying, nigga, you can't even be a fucking teacher just by saying, I have kids. And what the fuck is supposed to mean? But. Somehow we're supposed to let these motherfuckers to death down in government because they have fucking kids and a family. Fuck all that shit. Secondly, when it, he's talking about this perception of the guy asking, so what if you with a man and somebody perceived you to be gay? He had a comeback for that. And it's my thing. Like, perception go. Excuse me, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm much up myself. Perception goes a lot of ways. It's not a one a one way thing. You know, perception go a lot of ways. You know, so if you worry about perception, you worry about the wrong thing. If if you worry about perception, but no, I tell you back. If you worry about perception, then you need to reevaluate yourself. Because that's the thing. If you're like, well, shit, nobody will perceive that I'm gay if I'm around a man because look at me. I'm like, well, shit. If that's the case, then why would somebody perceive that? You know. That you involved with this woman because now if you're saying that you were doing nothing wrong, now you're saying she's the fucking problem. Or the people that's, that have made the perception the fucking problem. But if the people that are making the perception are the fucking problem, they could also do the same thing with you being around a man. So, let's look at... Excuse me. Let's look at all these parts in this thing, man. Let's look at all this in here. So... If, Fucking, fucking politician, man, and and I, it's politician, dog. So that was that. That was that. Um, then we got we had this guy here in in my county running for supervisor, Kendall Pruitt. Um, his whole motto is Pruitt can do it, but they forgot to add the last part of it is Pruitt can do it. He can definitely be. A racist, a bad businessman, and an all-around problem. Cause run down the list of things he did. Apparently, well, not apparently, run the list of things he's um, caught up in a 
uh, discrimination lawsuit where some black employees said that he makes very racially inappropriate jokes and gestures toward his black employees. Um, and being that I'm in DeSoto County, there's a high Mexican um, American population here. I'm pretty sure he has a bunch of them about Mexican Americans. I'm sh- I know Mexicans. I don't know why I said Mexican American Mexicans. I know he. I know he has. I know he has. If he did about black people, and then they said he also was do. He had shady business practices where he was hiring people to do jobs, but he wasn't paying them. And then he was putting them in fucked up situation arrangements, like having them to go work down on the coast, but taking the company vehicle, and then he was paying for them a place to stay, but then he wasn't paying them, and then couldn't leave. He also told some people who had gotten sick from working around chemicals because that's a job that if they took time to go to the doctor and that's just as good as getting fired and um, because they don't have a, they didn't drive down there how they gonna get home. This is the things that, he, that are alleged that he did and his company. Am I saying he actually did it? I'm not saying that, but I'm just telling you that you get this many stories coming out against you, some of this stuff sticks. I don't know. These are missing politicians. And I'm not saying that Mississippi works anybody anywhere else. I don't keep up with everybody else's politicians. But I'm just saying that if you see stories like this of people in your community that are running for office and you decide that, hey, I don't give a fuck. They get elected, you get what you deserve. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, man. Because I'm not just talking about oh, we shouldn't elect Trump. I'm not even talking about Trump. I'm talking about the supervisor in your county, dog. The supervisor in your county is a fucking bad businessman and a racist. Oh, yeah, and he got, of course, he got a picture. Take, he took a picture with Trump, shaking hands with Trump. Of course. Fucking course. Oh, man. Then we have, we have the Representative Henley here. She's running for re-election, and her thing is she's fighting the, the far left. And... Again, another one of these candidates ain't running for, ain't running on shit. But she's a Christian conservative. She's fighting for, or she's pro-life, so she's fighting abortions, and she stands for the veterans, and she's fighting for violence against women. Which the last one, I'm not even saying that she's been disingenuous, but the last one seems to be the caveat to keep getting her elected. In the veterans thing, keep getting elected. But here's my thing, and this is the thing I told you the other day. I understand what you're saying and what you're fighting for, but at the end of the day, I don't give a shit about any of that because you are basically doing the same shit over and over again. If if you running for real, listen. Unless I know that you are really running for some change. Or you're speaking on some change, or you imp- impacting some change in the state of Mississippi, and you run for re-election, I can't vote for you because until you motherfuckers break the motherfucking wheel, we keep doing the same shit over and over, over and over, over and over. And I'm just tired of it, man. I'm tired of shit in Mississippi. I'm tired of it. either you get somebody who's very popular in their community, fucking gonna get elected, and they're gonna keep getting elected over and over again and not doing shit because they're popular, like that uh shit on um. Like the storyline on This Is Us, where the black dude kept getting elected over again because he's popular. And like, but he, it's because he's popular, so he don't have, have nothing to do. And that's the thing about it, man. Even the people that you like to get elected, if you don't 
like encourage them to do anything and there's no threat to them ever losing their office what's the impetus for them never do anything to help the community there's none nobody's ever gonna beat me I'm so good I have to do anything one or two things oh I make these people happy they'll re-elect me you know so I'm not even sitting here saying that you know that this is all Republican that we gotta that we gotta get rid of. I'm not saying none of that shit. I'm just here saying that when you don't encourage these motherfuckers to do anything, they won't. They won't. Motherfuckers, I had to defend the traditions. Fuck a tradition, nigga. Um. Oh, this is the last thing. I'm, this is the last thing I'm gonna talk about before I get out of here. And this, this is this is a nod to my wokey woke black folks and my old niggas. So it's two of y'all. Some of y'all kind of cross section. Uh, hey man, y'all gotta quit boosting up the old days and African culture. If you really don't understand how the people in Africa are just human fucking beings. Because some of y'all are on this superiority content complex that the only reason why you ain't gonna say the reason why. You are no different than white people or white supremacists because you feel like Black people are supremely everything else. And before you take what I'm saying and try to fucking say that I'm, uh, I'm anti-black, it's not that. I love black people. I love my black culture. I love everything about blackness. Probably more so than a lot of people that claim that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of black people who say they love black culture, but they really only love the... Um, the respectable parts of black culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, they love a uh, 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 fucking Hillman and they love the black college experience, but they don't want to deal with some of the things that kids at black colleges do and end up doing in their life if they have to drop out of a black college, but it's still a black experience. But, okay, so... I'm just running my list of things that, that I see y'all do in real life and on social media because I see it's coming from both sides. Talk about style. These black kids wear this and the other. And, you know, we, we make jokes about it on the show. I don't, I, don't, I mean, I make jokes about it on the show. It's funny, whatever. But at the same time, I do understand that this ain't real life. For, like, the way young men dress these days. Here's the thing. You making fun of it because it just wasn't your style. I mean, like, um, very form-fitting clothing, you know, style shoes, uh, uh, just just that. I know people like, oh, it's a very European-centric uh, style. Not really. I mean, I've seen Africans dress that way. I've seen West Indians dress that way. And it ain't. You know, in no European Eurocentric style, it's 
it's very Afrocentric in the way that they wear their clothing, and because a lot, of, and I guess a lot, you do get a a subset of West Indians, Caribbeans. I don't know why I say West Indian. Um, that's that's not the proper terminology for that. <laughs> you get people from the Caribbean, and you get uh, you get Africans, people from African countries that you know are. They are very. Their frame is not as you know as 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 thick as ours, so to speak. And they can wear form-fitting clothing a lot, you know. And you see it, and it's like, well, it's not really a a stupid kids dressing like that. But you know, that's just maybe something that people like to do. And I don't even know that that's directly where they drew that from. But you know, tight-fitting clothing, form-fitting clothing. Uh, or just just wild outlandish fucking color schemes and stuff. Yeah, man. I don't know what what people think folks in Africa wear, but in the African countries, I guess in Africa, in, in, in African countries wear, but they wear a variety of clothing, dog. Have y'all motherfuckers not even shit? Get get on. You know what? The world is smaller now. Just get on Snapchat and go on the Snap Map and just look at some stuff that people post in Africa. I think I said this before. Just go to an African country, just look at some of the stuff they post and look at what they dress. A lot of this stuff isn't isn't white, isn't from the white gaze. It's basically from the way they feel. Um, other people, uh, walking at work people, walking at work people that say things like. Um, Black people don't need to participate in this country, in this government, in this society. Um, it's not built for us. It's another. Hey, um, there are capitalistic countries in Africa. Um, some were influenced by by European countries. Some not so much. But let's not act like um, that when um, when these countries were under the influence of these European countries, that Europe was a capitalistic. Europe had capitalistic countries. No, they were very, um, they were very elitist. So it wasn't to the point of where they were putting that. They monarchies in a lot of these situations. So a lot of those countries fell under kingdoms, you know, empires. And these people, no, that's not it. But they developed an established country under. Now, yeah, some of them were trying to copy the United States system, but at the same time, it wasn't designed to where the rich get rich and the poor get poor. It was just that's what they want to do. They gave people the freedom to be whatever they wanted to be. That's the thing about capitalism. Like, yeah, it is is in this country designed to keep the rich rich and the poor down and and give people the illusion that they can make it. But at the same time, it also give people the freedom to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Now, I find it funny when I see people who it, it's 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 ironic when I see people who on podcasts, write books, who just have these Twitter profiles and and all these social media profiles who talk about socialism. Here's the thing about socialism: socialism is cool and all. I'm not never going to say socialism is evil, but you can't be on a total socialism kick on these platforms because if you're in a socialist societies, you don't get to get these platforms. Ain't no podcast, nigga. Who listening to it? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, to be able to do a podcast in a socialist economy, in a socialist society, a socialism society, um, typically means you rebelling against the system. You ain't gonna be no podcast. But, you know, that's, that, that's just me talking, you know. And then 
to also sit here and act like there again countries in Africa that hadn't figured out this whole thing. You know, people say police, we don't need police, uh, abolish the police, whatever, abolish prisons. Hey, you do not understand that there are countries in the country in Africa where they have police and they whole and their whole purpose ain't to, you know, just keep black people on the thumb because typically the whole country's black. And I'm not saying this to be fucking snide towards people. It's just like you're just living in your bubble. You know, like you just act like this shit don't exist for everybody else. Black people have existed on this, on this earth for a long period of time, and we have existed in many different cultures, and we've been this in many different places. You know, people, black people are spread out. It just in this country, in the United States of America, it seems like it's such a subset because it's on so many of us in this country. But there are places in this world where we are the majority, and there are places in this world where we get to make decisions or do things that we get to fuck up. And you can go places and you can see black people doing things and they get the fuck up and people let them and people and they get the get the pass because they, you know, they have some kind of authority. Not because they black, not because they about liking them. Because here's the thing, when you black and in all black, in a majority black situation, now the playing field is up. And that's the only thing we want in the United States is we want to be able to let a playing field where we walk in the door and people are looking like, oh well, he black, now he really gotta prove himself. But there's countries in this world where Black people don't have to prove themselves because they black. They have to prove themselves because they gotta be good at what they fucking do. You know what I'm saying? Like, here, if you black and you doing something, you got all these high standards. Like, you got a business, you got all these high standards of what your business needs to be for black people to patronize you first. And then they even cross over to get the appeal of everybody else. Now you gotta change up some things, but you can't piss black people off. But this country is this world where you could be a black doctor. And you better be fucking good because there's like four black doctors in the town. You ain't say four, but there's another black doctor in the town to do the same thing that you do. You know, so if you fuck it up, then that you basically send your people to somewhere another black doctor. They ain't got no white doctor to go to. You know what I'm saying? It's only a black doctor here. So it, it just it just people just living in the bubble, man. It's just crazy. We live in this country. We live in this country. We exist in this world, and then we own these platforms that make the world smaller. But we still own these platforms, acting as if we're in a bubble. Like, man, I wonder what it's like to be somebody who lives in one of these countries I mentioned. Let's just do. Random country out there. Um, uh, I don't want to say Nigeria because everybody says Nigeria. Uh, let's just go to South Africa. I live in South Africa. I'm just this regular old dude in South Africa, man. Yeah, I'm just going to do. I go to work every day and I come back home. I'm just trying to make it, you know, out in these streets, trying to get it how I live. And then I see. These these folks on here saying that uh, no man, black people don't need living a living a, a capitalistic economy, man. We 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 need to live, you know. We need this is what we need, and ain't to mind you, black people in the United States saying this, but they own the social media, uh, and I got you know I got Twitter on my phone. I live in South Africa. I got Twitter, and I pull it up, and I'm looking like the fuck are these folks talking about? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I like living in this damn economy, this free market economy, this capitalistic society. Now, yeah, we did have a little thing where the white people tried to kick us out here, you know, try to push us down, but we still have the majority in this motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? I get to live my life. You do what I want to do, man. I get to come out here and, 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 and pursue my dreams. Now, my dreams might not be as you know, prosperous as they will be if I could come to the United States and catch a big break. But at the same time, man, I don't know how in this dress. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about racist cops, for instance. Because if a cop got a problem with me in Africa, nine times out of ten, it's because he's a fucking problem cop. Again, we had the little apartheid thing, but it's just an example. It's just like a Fucking thinking about this on top of my head, example. But yeah, like I don't think people understand that, man. Like there's places in this world, some of the problems we have in this country are really just specific to this country, and the solution to those problems aren't like end all be all solutions for people like us because there are people like us on this earth that don't have those problems because I'm living in this country. So it's not. It's not a whole a whole fed situation. I guess it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is there is no end all be all solution for black people as a whole because black people are not a monolith. I think we said this a number of times. Black people are not a monolith. We exist everywhere on this earth. We have different society, different society, different situations, different scenarios that work for us. I think a lot of the ailments, not I think a lot of the ailments that have that black, black people have in this country, United States of America, are specific to the United States of America. Because of the history this country has. Now, am I saying that the other countries don't have their problem with black people and their racism? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Hell, I'm not even saying that black people are not racist. Because the United States, no, black people can't be racist. But in Kenya, black people can be racist. Black people run the country there, black people run the government there. Black people run the environment there. And if a Chinese man moves to Kenya and black people block him out and put him through the ringer because he's Chinese, that's racism. Because they control the system. However you want to look at it. You know what I'm saying? And you said the same, well, black people never do that. Oh, okay. And that's the other thing, too. People, people get caught up on this thing that they say black people would never do. Oh, okay. So they're not black people that are butchering, slaughtering other black people on a power quest. Like, we haven't known forever. Like, beasts of no nation is something that just pulled down out of the sky. Shit happens. Shit just happened for a long time, y'all. I ran for long enough, man. Um,. I appreciate y'all for listening. I thank y'all for, for taking the time to listen to me go on and on and on. My son is done with camp. School's about to start back, y'all. I'm about to have a seventh grade kid. It's about to go through this, push through this. Man, it's about to be exciting. Um, things are looking up. Boys going into the last semester of school, man. I got to knock these two classes out. Hopefully, I'll be done in December. Go ahead and, and submit the degree, so... Take everything y'all got there. If anybody want to put anything on my school books, I will take it. Not my books, books, but my school books. If you want to put anything on that, 
I'll take it. And I know people are like, if you get financial aid, I could. But if y'all want to be my financial aid, I don't know got to turn that down either. I'm not going to pay you back, though. You get free podcasts in exchange. Um, you get some free thirst uh, content in exchange. So I appreciate y'all for listening and helping out. And go check out Thursday, Thursday, the Thursday, Thursday 100. And right now, until the end of the month, the Snapchat directory is public. So if you haven't updated it lately, you might want to go do it. Because once it goes back private, you got to become, you know, the, the, you know, the thirst level on the Patreon or higher to see it. So go check it out. Go check it out. And I'm probably going to drop a, mid- a mid-year um black porn review i'm thinking about it but i haven't started so there you go appreciate y'all for listening i'm your boy tony sometimes i know i don't make any sense i'll just be rambling on but that's what this show is for this is the off-degree podcast and i'm out peace this has been a doctor based presentation